1: We're now locked into the latest edition of the Palazzo Podcast. Get ready for a doozy of an episode as Deary and Govia bring you the latest in fantasy baseball. On today's show, we'll break down what's going on with trade scenarios. We're going to give you several trade scenarios to go through, and you can decide which one you prefer, the left, the right, column A, or column B. And of course, we're going to talk about some returning players, and some players that have left us, like Freddie Peralta. It all happens now, on the Palazzo Podcast. Take it away, boys! Utah! Give me two. Hey,
2: what's up? Where are my bozos at? It's Friday. It's Memorial Day weekend. It's a big, fun, holiday fun fest here. Donovan Miller wants to know where my bozos at. We're right here. Donovan, in front of you, right now. Myself, Christopher Deary, live and Uncensored. It's the Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Please join us. You On video. Give me two. Or through audio. In fact, Deary, I just found out that for some reason, uh, we were not refreshing on Apple Pods, so some of you missed the last couple episodes, but I fixed it now and our RSS feed should be working fine for Apple Podcasts. Does that make you feel better, Chris?
3: Good job. Way to get the IT department involved.
2: We got a killer IT department. Nobody does IT quite like the Palazzo Podcast Bozo IT department does. Uh, We're here to talk about deal or no deal today. I got some trade scenarios we're going to go over. It's real simple. Me and Deary are going to make a decision, and you guys can join in the interactive fun in the live chat by giving us your own opinions on these trade scenarios. We'll go through head-to-head points, head-to-head cats, of course, Roto, and we'll make some determinations. Do I want A or B? Little bit of column A. How about column B? Uh, Deary. Hey, Smalls. What's up, buddy? Some of these guys. Hey, Donovan, by the way, are you in the uh, Discord, Donovan? Because if you are, not you're missing out on a shitload of fun. And Speaking of fun. Deary, how was pebble beach man you made it you did
3: it you went to pebble beach and had the ultimate golfers come shot weekend i mean wow it it was fucking unreal it's it's almost impossible to describe the feeling i had i mean so we we landed there thursday took a jet up a friday morning up to spanish bay inn where we stayed and it's it's just the most incredible experience that like nobody ever has the chance to do big, big ups to my brother for, you know, taking care of all of us there, you know, uh, you know, we played Spanish Bay the first day you're right on the ocean. It was like perfect weather. There was no wind. And then the next day we played Pebble beach, we teed off at two 30. And just the feeling and the adrenaline I had on those first four holes at Pebble beach is like, it's, it was unmatched of any experience I've ever had. I think it's my greatest sports Moment ever playing or watching any sport, like teeing off on number one at Pebble Beach was absolutely incredible. I was so fucking nervous and I smoked a three hybrid like right down the middle. I, I hit a nine iron like 10 feet from the cup, and it was, wow, it, was, it, was dude. it was amazing. I played, I played pretty well. It was really cool having caddies and just like the the experience of like everything that you see around you, especially when you play Pebble Beach. you know, something that you've seen on TV for years. You played in video games for years and to actually walk that course and see just the amazing views of the ocean was absolutely incredible. I had an amazing time with my brothers and my dad and I'll probably never have that experience again, but I'll be able to hold on to that for the rest of my life. It was incredible.
2: Gorgeous. What a lovely tale. What a special treat. Good for you. So happy you got the opportunity to do that. I will, uh, Probably never played Pebble Beach. I'm pretty confident with and I'm you know I'm cool with that because obviously I don't love golf like Deary does. Deary's a big golfer and what a moment. So if you guys have ever had an experience like Deary had with some other type of sporting event, let us know. You know, you can email the show, plausible podcast at protonmail.com, or much easier to DM the show on Twitter, Plausible Podcast Two L's two Zs. You talk. And you can go to the Discord and you can ask questions like this. What was your greatest sports memory? What was the most exciting live event you got to go to? Or what was the most incredible trip you ever had where you could go and experience something that you see on television. that's what Deary did. That's very cool, man. I'm glad that went well. And we hope that you have a great summer, guys, because as the summer kicks in here, we're in three, what, how many days away from June now? A few days away from June. And things are going to start kicking into high gear. The offense is picking up. Do I think the ball has been changed? Yeah, it probably has. I'm sure of it. Ask Trevor's story
3: if it's changed.
2: Trevor Story is a special man right now. He's absolutely crushing it on a level that few players have been able to do over this period of time. He's showing power, he's showing speed, and the Boston Red Sox keep scoring 16 runs a game. In fact, how many runs did they score in this White Sox series? It was really getting absurd with the fact that they were crushing Dylan Cease the other day, and then they put up 16 more runs last night. Right now, I don't want to say it without having any proof, but pff, come on. That's what the internet's all about. Say something with nothing to substantiate it whatsoever. Of course, the ball's probably been changed and offense is on the move. It's also heating up and getting warmer. I mean, right now in Michigan today, it's already like 80-something degrees. It's a pretty hot one here. So if it's hot in Michigan, then you know it's going to be hot everywhere else. Deary, how do you feel about the offense picking up? Are you trying to make decisions now on the assumption that the ball is going to get a little juicier here?
3: Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's something that we had talked about a couple weeks ago, and it's funny because we had just brought up Trevor's Story two weeks ago, and I'm like, he's going to start to heat up. He's too good of a player, and over the last two weeks, over 20 RBIs, like seven home runs, five steals, it's been just a monster couple weeks, and I have a ton of shares of him, but yeah, I'm expecting this to, to happen with a lot of teams, except of course our tigers i mean they can't even score three runs in a game but just look at this i mean the reds scored 20 runs yesterday uh, you know, the teams are really starting to pound the ball there's probably been a change in the ball um so yeah as you're planning you know yes! some trades as we're, we're gearing towards kind of the quarter of the way through the regular season here uh start looking at guys that have had slow starts but guys that traditionally Guys that can hit 30 to 35 home runs. You know, we're going to talk about some of these guys in our trade scenarios today. Guys who are off to slow starts who maybe weren't healthy or just not hitting the ball very hard or getting it over the fence. I feel like it's going to start picking up here. So plan accordingly.
2: Plan accordingly. That's what you should always do in life. Everyone plan accordingly and be prepared for change. We fear change. Uh, Happy Memorial Day weekend here from Phil Carl. Hey, happy Memorial Day weekend to you. Um, Usually the weather on Memorial Day weekend is shit. In Michigan, historically. That's been my experience, Deary.
3: Where have you been like the last five Memorial Days? I go golfing every Memorial Day, and it's fucking gorgeous every Memorial Day. Well,
2: I'm already 40, though. There were so many years where it was always rainy and crappy. I'm telling you, we could pull up the record books on Memorial Day weekend. Historically, <laughs> over the last 40 years, it was been pretty garbagey. But hey, I'm glad that you got to play golf because you love golf. Small shit, it's 95 in Arizona at 11 a.m. Yeah, that's hot.
3: It's going to be, be in the 90s next week in Michigan, and I fucking hate weather like that. It's just gross.
2: Too hot. Too
3: hot.
2: That's what it feels like, you know? You
1: have failed.
2: Well, we don't try not to fail here. We try to please you. Don't forget, we're going to talk about trade scenarios today. Uh, we'll cover some stuff in Glarf. We'll name that runner-up Bid, return of the Mac, uh, some injuries to talk about, all kinds of stuff. And you can get all of this if you're not there we're not here and you're wondering hey there's no show right now i really want to talk fantasy baseball the discord is there for you we've cracked 100 members another well that's no we didn't fail stop telling me i failed round of applause for us 100 members in the discord we're at 110 now we've done it all by ourselves and because of you guys contributing we've had so many conversations you know we have ben chase talking prospects we've got other randos in there covering everything christian crespo is a very 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 special Prospects in is all right. So we seem to have a lot of prospects heavy guys giving their time and energy to the Discord, which is very cool. But we cover redraft just as much because I mean Deary both play redraft. It's important to us. In fact, we'll talk about Glarf and Deary making some moves recently, as well as the Plaza Podcast Invitational. But first, uh, it's always important to make sure you support your local fear agents, okay? Because in a time and energy of pain, sometimes all we have is each other. And that's why this community means a lot to us. So if you want to maybe contribute to the patreon starts at three dollars i offer my head-to-head rankings every week i do Govier's guys a couple of times a week and these are detailed write-ups of players not just like hey somebody hit two home runs i try to talk about where <laughs> things are going with each player and where things will happen you know deary you're welcome to we got to have deary come up with some deary's dudes deary's dudes is perfect actually how come you haven't done deary's dudes what about deary's duds There you go. I like it. Any alliteration works for me. But there's so many opportunities for you, Deary. Deary's Duds, Deary's Dudes, Deary's Dudley Moore enthusiasts. (laughs) I like that. Uh, We love Dudley Moore here. But, yeah, maybe Deary will write something up. You never know. We do have plenty to offer you, including I did an injury update the other day. I covered some of the guys who are still injured, haven't come back yet, where they're going, how much longer will it be until they return, so you can plan accordingly. Redraft, points, head-to-head, especially head-to-head, which we always ride or die for on this show. Doesn't get enough respect in the fantasy baseball world. It's all available by going to the Twitter feed of the Plaza Podcast, two L's and two good old Z's. Utah. And then you'll find the link to the Discord and the Patreon. Discord is free. Very, very free. Oh, Donovan says it's your one-stop shop for all your baseball needs. That's great. Couldn't have said it better myself, Donovan. Donovan's really fired up today. Donovan, what got up your ass today? What is it, man? Why are you so passionately excited? What is it that gets you fired up for the Palazzo podcast? We'd like to know. Drop it in the live chat. Uh, Deary, have you caught a Tigers game? You, you mentioned them, but have you actually watched a game recently? Because I know you were at Pebble Beach.
3: I watched, I watched last night when Scoogle pitched. Ooh. He's so very good, any, isn't he? Anytime Scoogle pitches, I'm watching. Um and then I just laugh at Hobby Baez swinging at things that hit the dirt 10 feet in front of the plate. But, uh, oh. yeah, Cabrera came up and got the oh. game-winning hit last night, so they, they've snagged two in a row here, which is, I guess, exciting. I don't know. They're, it's a frustrating team to watch. They're just like yeah. You just look at this lineup and you're just like, who the fuck are these guys? These guys aren't any good. Like, Robbie Grossman. scumbags telling like, jokes. Yeah, that's going to be a pop-up to first base. I mean, Scope <laughs> has come around. He's starting to, you know, tag the ball a little better. But, like, I mean. Cabrera has the best average on the team at 287, but all he does is hit singles, so it's like it's frustrating.
2: Yeah, his OPS is it's under 800. I think it's in the sevens, so you're right. The OPS dictates, hey, he gets on base a little bit, but singles, who cares? Who cares? And you can't have a good team with Miguel Cabrera as your cleanup or third hitter. You're just not going to have a quality team, right? Correct. So it's very sad, but you know, in a time of pain for us Tigers fans, and I did bench Javi Baez this week, Absolutely. I benched him completely for the first time because I just can't take it. I can't wait for him to get it going. I made a mistake. Somehow, I hated Javi Baez last year Mm -hmm. and all the years before it. Mm -hmm. And before the season got going, I started to buy into the hype like, oh, Javi Baez. Go Tigers. I think this is going to happen. This could be the year where he dominates so he can get another contract because he's got to opt out. So far, I've been Dead wrong on that. We've gotten the worst possible Javi Baez experience. But if there's any silver lining, dearie, it's the fact that the entire team doesn't seem to hit. So it's like a cancer that has just riddled this clubhouse. And it's, it's really frustrating. But I do think, in fact, I know it's going to turn around Sue because this is the law of averages in baseball. Things could suck for a long time, but eventually they have to turn around. Talk me out of that, dearie.
3: Yeah, I just don't, like with Baez, I don't think he's the catalyst on a team that's going to be your best player. He fits better. Like if you look at him with when he was with the Cubs, he was surrounded by some really, really quality players, Rizzo and Bryant and Contreras. And you look at the Tigers, and this was the biggest thing that, you know, anyone from Detroit has talked about is all these guys that had these like seasons, like fairy dust seasons, Robbie Grossman, Akil Badu, scope had a decent season last year that is not showing up whatsoever and i heard a stat last night the tigers are betting under 150 with runners in scoring position and that's just atrocious wow. atrocious wow last, dude. last night they had the bases loaded twice could not get anybody in they scored in the first and in, first inning last night it was only the second time all year that they had scored in the first or second inning so it's just it like if you want to tune in, watch the Tigers. Wait till the fifth inning because then maybe they'll score a run or two. I mean, certainly if Scoobles pitching, you're going to watch that. But, but to your question, Mike, like I, I would hope that it's going to turn around for Baez. But I don't, I can't give any guarantees that it's going to turn around into a above average fantasy season as a shortstop this season. I mean, I I liked him this year in Detroit. I thought he would give you some quality. He has no stolen bases yet. Three. That's devastating. I know he was injured a little bit, but. I mean, there are other shortstops out there on the waiver wire that may be better than him.
2: Yeah, the steals are killing me. No steals is the biggest damage for me. Baez looks like a massive bust, and I may have cost myself uh, a great opportunity to have a good team. I mean, I'm still hanging tough, I think, in my main event, despite Baez being a disaster on my squad. And I drafted him several times in a lot of my NFBC events. I am a fool. I am a moron okay i make mistakes i'm human i know it's shocking news but it's all true so uh let's get into the business here the business of the day on the palazzo podcast which we always cover because we love business
1: say what you want about america land of the free home of the brave. Wait, george
2: carlin's talking what the fuck mother. how did that happen where did george carlin come from
3: you watched that documentary yet i totally did did you watch it yeah i watched it last night it was good wasn't it it was really good. Yeah, I stayed up till two just to watch it because I watched the first part and I was like, "Fuck, I gotta, I gotta continue." So I put in a good four hours last night watching it. Fantastic.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I would definitely recommend it. George Carlin was a. I didn't actually like Carlin all that much growing up. Like when I was younger and in, in my teenage and early twenties, I was like, "Oh, this guy's just some lame." Uh, like my yeah. parents love this guy, Girl, you know, but. I think as i've aged i've absolutely come to appreciate what he did and who he was and uh, that's why i'm glad this thing exists so, good call uh ryan Venazio's here what's up ryan uh, my man how you doing ryan are you still on the road by the way uh with sales ahead ryan's band if you guys have never listened to with sales ahead go to your spotify or whatever you listen to for your music streaming fire up with sales ahead and just start rocking out just jam out Good to see you, Ryan. Glad you're here, my friend. Uh, Ryan, I have a minor bone to pick with you, and I'm going to pick it right now during the business section. You last year stated that you loved Anthony Bender. You thought he was going to be, like, the guy last year? I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. Last season, you were talking about Anthony Bender should be the closer for the Marlins. He has good stuff. And I kind of remember that, and I stuck to it, and I bought into it. And now, Anthony Bender is worthless. How do you respond to that, Ryan? Good take, Ryan. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I don't think I'm wrong about that. Uh, Ryan's a very, very intelligent guy. In fact, he's always ahead of the curve on most players. But sometimes we get the occasional player wrong. Anthony Bender is no longer going to be someone you can rely on in that bullpen in Miami going forward. That's just a little piece of information. Uh, Other business. Oh, here we go. He responds. Here it is. He stinks now. Hate to see it. Okay, well. That's what it is. Wait, he's coming clean, dearie. So at least he's being. I appreciate that. I appreciate somebody who will just come direct like that. Come original.
1: Come original. Come you original.
2: Know, we never talk about 311 on this show, dearie. Nobody ever talks about 311. <laughs> Why not?
3: I mean, they're I a huge know. band, though. They're huge. Yeah, they're not that good, though. Oh. It's, the same, it's just the same shit over and over again. It all sounds the same. Really? Wow. Yeah. Oh. What, have they progressed in 25, 30 years? No. Same, I thought they
1: I, they thought
2: they hit like a little different phase around 2000-2001 when they went with the amber and the champagne. It was a little more chill and that was cool, but yeah, I guess that was the extent of their
3: expansion. Uh, yeah, and then expansion. they but, they butchered a Cure song and then I was like, I'm out.
2: Uh-oh. See, there it is. The truth comes out. Deary doesn't like that. Uh, Ryan says, I'm on Cole Sulcer now. Okay, cool. The Cole Sulser hype. Let it begin. Uh, as far as business, don't forget the Discord. I've mentioned it a million times. I'm telling you, You guys have questions. Every day I get DM'd with, hey, would you trade for this guy? Would you pick up this guy? Would you drop that guy? It happens all the time, Deary, and I'm very grateful for it, first off. I only imagined a future where I would be one of those people on Twitter that people came to for fantasy baseball advice, and I don't take it lightly. It's fantastic. Let me give you an example, Deary. Uh, Kevin, the other day, hit me up in the DMs. He said, would you rather have... Rest of season, Christian Walker or Teoscar Hernandez? This is a serious question, by the way. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. How would you respond, Erie? I am sleepy.
3: I'd probably say Teoscar, you know, he's, he's just coming back from injury, but he, he's been absolutely atrocious. We're going to talk about him later in a possible trade scenario, but these are the questions that you will get, you know, people, you know, coming to you, things that you're going to – be able to find in the discord and it's probably an absurd question at the start of the season but this happens every year where there's a guy who's a top 50 top 60 guy who is not performing like that at all and gets to be a point where he's borderline droppable obviously I'm not Recommending that anybody drops T. Oscar Hernandez, but sure, you could possibly be able to trade T. Oscar Hernandez for a couple of good players in return, guys that could be overperforming and end up doing that for the rest of the season. Or if you feel like it's going to turn around for Tioscar, you may be able to get him on the cheap. So at this point, I'd probably say T. Oscar but it's got to turn around really quick here for him to become a valuable fantasy asset.
1: Damn!
2: Dynamite analysis. Thank you, Deary. That's an example of the kind of DMs I get. And if you want to ask that question to everybody, not just me, or to Deary, you want to get involved with a lot of knowledgeable fantasy managers, the Discord is there for you. It's all free. Just go to the Twitter handle. Palazzo Podcast, 2 Two Z. Utah! me too. We also have the Patreon, which starts for as little as $3. So we have the $3 level, we have the $7 level, we have the $15 level. And you can choose any or all. If you want to do all three... I don't know if you're actually allowed to do all three tiers or not. That's actually a good question. I don't know why you would, because you just pay the one tier, and it would be everything you need, which includes rankings and daily updates, uh, bonus materials, new songs when they come out. I do owe you guys a new song. i got to get on that stat. I'm slipping in my song game recently. I admit that freely. It's hard to... It's hard to keep pumping out the material, dear. You want to keep pumping it out, but it takes time. Sit down. Even though they're stupid, silly songs, you got to write the new lyrics, and it's just not as easy and doesn't come as naturally and quickly as I would like
3: it to. All right. Well, I got the next one for you. DMX is slipping. Slipping? Ooh. (laughs) Who's it in tribute to? You. (laughs)
2: Ah, <laughs> well done. Nice, nicely played, my friend. Nicely played. Go Tigers. Uh, we also, I do the AMA on Sunday, which is a lot of fun. You can ask me questions about your team. It's an audio form that we do on the Discord channel, the exclusive Patreon channel on the Discord. The AMA is very useful. Ask my friend Jared. Ask Charlie. There's some guys who can vouch for it. Uh, Shout-out-wise, I want to welcome the newest Patreon member, actually. He just committed. His name is Ben. Welcome, Ben! Ben signed up last night. And Ben, we thank you so much. I mean, what a nice guy you are, Ben. Taking your time and energy and sacrificing with your generosity. What else could somebody ask for, Ben, except to have someone like you as a part of our family? Welcome to the show, Ben. We look forward to learning from you and hopefully... You know, making a new friend along the way. That'd be nice.
3: Ben, Ben, I told you,
2: no more sugar fed, Ben. Where are you uh, been, Ben? <laughs> babe, hey, man, where are you being, man? Uh, other shout outs? Boy, Jerry, uh, is there anybody you'd like to shout out right now?
3: No. I'm, very, se- I'm very selfish right now after my epic uh, trip. so <laughs> Mostly thinking well, you- about myself. <laughs>
2: That's true. That's fair. And, you know, that's the kind of honesty you get here on the Plaza Podcast. You don't get that everywhere else, I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah, so uh, head-to-head rankings that came out. I posted those recently. I think it was on Thursday night. Uh, there used to be my top 350, but I kept adding names, so now it's 400. Whatever. Check it out. It's for head-to-head cats exclusively, which never gets enough run in this game. And my Fantrax article, FantraxHQ.com. We got great writers there like Marty Tallman. And we got KC Bubba, Bubba KC. There's so many people. We got Corbin. He's like a Fantasy Writer of the Year. So many special, highly talented writers at FantraxHQ.com. And you can catch my new article, The Fantasy Baseball Confidential, every Monday. It's jam packed with everything that happened last week, what's going to happen this week, and some random musings on several players that I think you should know about. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you. If you haven't subbed to the YouTube channel yet, please do. We just cracked 300. So congratulations to us. We're at 304. 304, I believe. Very, very exciting news. Thank you so much for supporting the show, everyone. And, of course, the Twitter. I've been doing uh, on my personal page, which is MJ Govier. You can follow Chris Deary at cdeary1999. I do the LOB leaders for the day. He left us. It's my clever little thing I try to post every day where I post the top... People who left their other fellow teammates in the lurch, left on base leaders. Why is it important? I think it's somewhat important here because you want to know, you know, who can hit with runners in scoring position and who are the people who can't. Because I think we don't talk about this enough. You mentioned how bad the Tigers are with runners in scoring position, but in fantasy, you would think we'd make it more of a priority. Because that's how you drive in runs, and run. so that's how you get stats for your players, basically, is either being driven in by someone or you're driving them in, right?
3: Yeah, looking at guys who's most clutch in huge situations.
2: Exactly. So I think we need to focus on that more, and I think that will actually be a new mission of the show. RISP and focusing on that. That's why I do the daily left-on-base leaders. Matthew Zee's here. What's up, my man? I haven't seen you in a minute, Matt. How you doing? You all right? You good? Matthew loves prospect. He's like a prospect. He gets so excited for prospects. He just can't help himself. He's very passionate about it. And I understand. Prospects bring out the passion in everybody. So there it is. That's the business of the day. If I forgot someone, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to leave you out. It certainly wasn't intentional. And please know that I'm thinking of you right now. Even if we haven't talked in a while, I'm thinking of you. Deary's thinking of you. And, uh, you know, that's it. Good times noodle salad, right? Damn fine to meet you. All right, so having said that, I think we've covered the beginning of the show. Uh, The rest of the show, we're going to cover all the other standard things that we do, and then we'll do the trade scenarios, which I hope will be of use to you because I think, Deary, when you do trade scenarios, sometimes people don't want to hear about other people's trades, but I think you could take pieces of analysis from those trade scenarios about players specifically, and I I think that could be useful to everybody, even if it's not your team.
3: I love looking at trades and and. you know, scenarios, especially if they're not mine. I love evaluating them, especially when it's like a two for one or, you know, guys that were, you know, top 50 guys coming into the season and people could be buying low on them. Maybe you're selling high on guys. You know, you look at someone like Stephen Kwan, who was just amazing these oh. first couple of weeks of the season. Hopefully if you had him, you were able to turn him for some value because he's been dropped in a ton of leagues. So uh, this wow, is the fun dude. part, especially when you get through the first 45, 50 games is what sustains and what doesn't.
2: It's just sustain. It's a sustain. Yeah, you're right about that. I love when Deary's right about things because that means we're the smartest podcast in fantasy baseball. It's official. We are the smartest podcast in fantasy baseball. It's done deal. I just call this. Oh, well, they say geniuses pick green,
0: but you didn't pick it.
2: All right, let's get it leading off. All right, as always, that's our catch of the day. Bling.
1: Our first catch of the day.
2: Bling. Oh, we got a question before we get to the catch of the day. Matthew Z, trade for Torgelson in a keeper league. Well, despite how terrible he is, I think you got to do it. It's almost a no-brainer still, I would say. Deary?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's not going to give you anything probably outside of home runs and maybe RBI opportunities runs. He's not going to steal any bags. I don't expect him to hit for a high average, but now's the time to get him if you are in a keeper league, because you can probably get him on the cheap. So I would probably try to scoop him up. I, I think he's going to be a quality player in and in a, in someone who could be a top 100 fantasy player. You're just probably not going to get it yet this season. His plate discipline has been pretty good, but Seems like pitch recognition has not been there uh too much. There's been a lot of strikeouts. Guy certainly has some power. He's smoked the ball a couple times when he has been able to put the bat on it. So I think he's someone that you do probably scoop up right now if you can. I mean, there's still some hype around him, so I don't know what you'd be able to get to give have to give up to get him, but he's someone who I still think is going to be a quality player.
2: Yeah, he's I mean, he's still a super duper prospect. He's no. Spencer Torkelson. He sucks right now. What is the chances that they actually send him down here? Because we're getting into that territory where it's almost June, and if the confidence is shot any farther, it might not be able to come back from it this season.
3: Yeah, there's been talk of I'm bringing tired. up like a, a Cody Clemens or a Ryan Kreidler and having Scope move on over to first base, which he can do, and send Torkel. Or the down. new guy,
2: uh, Brendan Davis, they picked up off waivers oh, yeah, from the Angels.
3: Right. Yeah, yeah, or him as well. Who I like. Uh, I I I don't think it's a bad idea. I mean. How much is this going to hurt his confidence if he sticks in the majors all year and bats 140? I mean, we saw it last year. He was off to a really, really slow start last year in Double A, and then he just heated up in the second half. So, I mean, that could boost his confidence if you do send him down. I wouldn't be surprised if they did, and I wouldn't be upset either.
2: Hmm. Yeah. This is a tough spot to be in. Nobody's excited about it. Go Tigers! I'll tell you that. But I would trade for him in a keeper league. I would, because right now his value is so low. I just wouldn't expect a person who is rostering Torkelson in a keeper league to trade him because you never want to trade to the lowest point. you get the least amount of return. You know? Uh, Donovan says, where is Torx currently valued if we are selling? Ah, uh, I don't let me throw out a few names here, Deary, and then you could tell me if this is legit or bullshit. Uh, how about would you trade Torkelson for Ronzi Contreras?
3: Ooh, that's interesting. In a dynasty, or would you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, pr- I probably would not because just because I value the hitter a little more. Uh, I do like Ronzi Contreras. Um, I think he's going to give you probably a little bit more value the rest of this season. Um, I, I just expect Torkelson to be a better player in return, you know, over the next five to seven years.
2: Yeah, yeah, Ronzi has potential, but I never want to give up first off. Separate your dynasty thinking from your redraft thinking. As Deary just said, His dynasty perspective. I always want the hitter over the pitcher in dynasty. That's almost always a case for me. But if this is a redraft situation, I think I really would try to acquire Ronzy for Torkelson, especially if I needed the pitching. I don't think Ronzy's going back down at all now. He's staying with Pittsburgh for good, for keeps. You ever see that movie for keeps, Deary? I think it was uh, Molly Ringwald and that what? one douchebag no. from, uh, from school ties.
3: Which douchebag from School Ties?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's... Wow. Two
0: weeks.
2: (laughs) There's a lot of douchebags from School Ties. That's true. Everybody uh, but... It's a dumb movie. For keeps. Oh, it's... You probably saw it. You just don't remember. It's from like 1989. It's a super old movie when we were kids about somebody who gets pregnant as a teenager. Oh, Oh, man. It's hardcore. Molly Ringwald's finest hour? Maybe, maybe not. Uh so yeah, Ronny Gutierrez, Uh what about uh I need a hitter. What about Gliber Torres? Would you trade Torkelson for Gliber Torres?
3: Yeah, I probably would. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's an interesting one. And redraft too and Dynasty, it still is peculiar because Gliber's still twenty four, twenty-five years old. He's still mm. got tons to offer. Uh one more. What if it was a redraft situation? Would you trade redraft? Spencer Torkelson for JD Martinez?
3: That's a serious question. Mm-hmm. In a redraft league, absolutely. I don't think anybody would okay. do that.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I mean,
3: people get they get
2: enamored with the name yeah. Spencer Torkelson.
3: It's a sweet name. JD
2: Martinez is hitting like three seventy right now.
3: Yeah, exactly. That's why I didn't know if it was a serious question. I Me, mean, but it can't last little... forever either. Of course. A, a dynasty situation would be a little more uh, difficult to to kind of evaluate because I mean, how old how old is uh, JD now? Thirty five. Yep. Maybe thirty
2: six. Yeah. Thirty
3: five. Yeah. So, I think I'd, okay. I think I'd still probably do it in the dynasty.
2: Okay, fine. Yeah, he'll be thirty five in August. Actually, do you know? I learned this the other day. JD Martinez's birthday is on August twenty
3: first, right before ours. Oh, so close. I think Cal Ripken's right, right around that place. time too.
2: Uh, yeah, somebody, there's a baseball player who has our birthday as well. I can't remember who it was. I've sifted through so many stats over the last few months. It's all a blur. All right. So there you go. Torkelson boy. I don't know what to tell you on that Torkelson. The only thing I tell you about Mr. Spencer Torkelson is that he will either get better or he'll go down in the minors. Those are the two scenarios at play. That's pretty much it. Cause he can't get any worse. Uh, picking backing off the Torkelson question, Aaron Kruger, What's up, man? It's good to see you. Aaron's videos, by the way, are hilarious. Follow him on Twitter at Fantasy T-Ball. Fantasy T-Ball. Aaron is a great follow. He's a very, very cool guy. He also was a guest star on the other show I do called The First Day Pod, which is about you know personal development and learning about life from others. Aaron came on the show and was very, very honest and frank, and we appreciate that. Keep forever points league. A trade went down preseason bets for Torkelson. Woo. Okay. Uh, oh, he has a follow up question on that. Is that too high a price, or were the Mookie hip concerns enough at the time? I think that was in a dynasty keep forever. That was a fair trade, dearie. I think so. Bets for Torkelson preseason. Preseason. I don't think mm, it was that crazy. I
0: don't
3: know. I don't. I don't. It think wasn't. So. That's
2: we got to go but back Bet- to the lens of the preseason, though. Yeah, but
3: Betts is also a five-tool guy. I mean, Torkelson's not.
2: True. Points league. Yeah. But he's older, too. People want the—I mean, you get got a guy who's just coming out of college. You're going to have him for a long time, and Betts is 30 now?
3: Yeah, but I mean— so That, are that also gonna, factors are you, into it. Are you going to wait three to four years? I mean, it, this is the thing. I play in a few dynasty leagues, and— Generally, what I see is the people that wait forever on their prospects, it takes them a long time to construct a roster to be competitive. And how many of those guys actually hit if they're actually, you know, keeping a lot of of prospects? I try to do a little bit of both and get some young guys and some old guys, but I'm always in the win now mentality. And I've built a team in one of my leagues over the last couple of years where I've been kind of middle of the road. And now I'm near the top of the league and I actually have some of the best prospects over these last couple of years. But I've surrounded it with other guys who are extremely valuable right now. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I could make that trade. I mean, of course, in, in Mookie, there was tons of concerns at the start of this season because he just he wasn't doing anything. In the last two weeks, he's been a superstar. He's been on the level of Trevor Story in the last couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, you're right. That's true. That's true.
1: Oh, I, I like money.
2: Yeah, bets got paid, and he's not going anywhere for a long time. All right, thanks for the question guys, that was fun Uh, We were actually doing the Catch of the Day segment Before those questions, but you guys can drop in the live chat We love questions, you want feedback You can get it now while we're live on the air If you're a little more shy, you can always go to the Discord You can sneak in there and it's more Private and less uh, On tilt On fleek I don't know if those words are making sense What I'm saying Uh, The Catch of the Day right now, now look, dear, you could go with Trevor Story, that's too obvious though, Trevor Story Speaks for himself, he's on fire, great Cool. Uh, I thought you go Jock Peterson. He had a big night the other night. He's been on a tear too, but I don't want to go there either. I'm going to go another direction entirely. I'm going to give credit to somebody who I think we need to know about and talk about more, and it's less heralded because he's a reliever, but A.J. Minter of the Braves. A.J. Minter has been pitching outstandingly this season, and if Kenley Jansen falters, dearie, Minter's in a prime position to take that job. Minter has done everything that when he was originally a very highly touted prospect a few years back, everyone's talking about, oh, Minter, this is the guy. He's going to be the closer for the Braves. It's going to be awesome, yada, yada, yada. And then I think he bottomed out in 2019 with a 7-plus ERA. It just did not go well. Now, (laughs) he's got such dominant stance. I mean, a Mm -hmm. 13-caper 9. He's getting even more strikeouts than he would before, although he had some high strikeouts his first year. But he's keeping the runs down. He's getting stranded runners out, not letting them score. And in 20 innings, he's basically been almost flawless. And all of the peripheral stats suggest that he's probably even better than that. He's got a 137 ERA with a FIP of .95. So H.A. Minter is today's catch of the day because he deserves it. He had some trials and tribulations. It didn't go his way. And now he seems to have really come into his own. He's 28 years old now, and he's in the prime of his career. Good for you, A.J. Minter.
3: Yeah, I think it would be interesting if, if, you know, Kenley gets hurt, who would they go to? Would they go to Minter? Would they go to Colin McHugh? Would they go to Will Smith, who's done it before? Um, Or do they go to the guy that's pitching the best out of that bullpen, and that's Minter?
2: Yeah, I I think it's a, a name that you need to know about. It's real simple. He's pitching well. The Braves are a team that are going to be in contention. And if you need saves or you're speculating on saves, because we're always speculating on relievers who might slide into roles down the line here, he might get a shot. And he deserves it because he's pitching so damn good. You can't, I mean, Spencer Strider gets all the love over there right now. Everyone talks about Spencer Strider. Spencer Strider. He's incredible. Oh, my God. Look at this guy throw. He's got gas. He throws 100 miles an hour. But I thought Minter was worth mentioning. So that's all I have to say about that. You think I, have, Minter...
3: I have Strider in a couple redraft leagues, and I've just been playing him because he's been scooping up strikeouts and not giving up runs, and it's actually been really helpful for my uh, team.
2: How? I, drafted, I picked up Spencer Strider in the first fab run for the main event, and then mm-hmm. I dropped him two weeks later just because I didn't think he would get enough run and opportunity. Turns out I was wrong.
1: And that's all I had to say about that. Uh, That sucks.
2: Okay, let's talk about the Palazzo Podcast Invitational, Deary. Now, we have five leagues. For those of you that are new to the show, the Palazzo Podcast Invitational, it's a five-league individual titles for each league with an overall championship and standings. 50-round draft and hold. It's do or die, gung-ho, gung-ho, gung-ho. And uh, last season, I was terrible, and Deary wasn't much better either. We were both terrible. We both let down basically our namesake here because we're supposed to be the... The gurus here were supposed to be the people to ask us questions to, but our team shit the bed last season's Plaza Podcast Invitational. But this year, I think Deary is actually
3: doing pretty yeah. well. I, I was. It's it's all falling apart. I, I have the worst pitching in my league.
2: Oh, no. What? Yeah. Yeah. Why?
3: Um. You know, just looking at some of the guys I have, Jose Barrios, who his last couple starts has been good, but he's was absolutely awful to start the season. Kyle Gibson's been serviceable, but his his whip hasn't been that great this year. Ian Anderson, I just can't stand anymore. Clayton Kershaw got hurt. I actually <laughs> picked up Mad Bum a couple weeks ago. I mean, Mad I drafted her, I drafted Herman Marquez because I'm like, okay, he's gonna pitch a ton of innings, strike a ton of guys out. He's been atrocious. I just I just my pitching is just bad, just all around bad. Oh. Dearie. Yeah. Makes me sad. I know. I'm I'm very sad because I was off to a good start and I like my offense, but it's just it's been a it's been a mess pitching wise. So I don't think I'll be be competing this year. You're still in 32nd place though. Overall. I'm in eighth in my league.
2: Well, I'm in thirteenth, and I'm sixty (laughs) third overall. Okay. So I'm bad. I'm very oh wait uh yeah I'm, i might hit the seller before the season's over i thought i had a better team this year it, it just doesn't seem to be turning the corner at all i lead the league in saves but nothing else which was uh so dumb but oh there's our buddy uh, uh ringo he's two spots ahead of me good job mike
3: <laughs> i lead the but, oh, league in i lead the league in hitting i have the most hitting points that's awesome p- i mean pitch, pitching has just been bad
2: yeah, that balances balance is everything. If you, have, you can everything. have one dominant side and the other side stinks, it's not going to get the job done. Uh, Brockness it, it, monster it, is still in first. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Brockness.
3: I'm 15th in whip, 14th in ERA. <laughs> I'm 8th in saves. That's not that bad. 13th Yay! in wins. K's 13th. Yeah, so anywhere from 12 to 15 when it comes to pitching categories and hitting categories, I'm in like the top three of every one of them.
2: <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, wait a minute. You've Carson well, this is I was like, why is Carson Kelly in anyone's lineup? That doesn't make sense. Whoopsie daisy. I was trying to look at Deary's team, but it didn't show up. Okay, whatever. You know the scoop here. We suck. Congratulations. Brock, this monster is gonna win this thing unless somebody really turns it on here and starts picking up the pace of the second half. It's a total bummer. I mean, good news for Brock. Brock's well deserving of it. Shout <laughs> out to Brock. Brock, I love you. You're the man. Brock has a workout warrior, by the way. He's like a crossfit like guru master. The Everyone's man. a guru. Yeah, he's a beast man. man. Everyone's a guru. Beastman. Hello, beast man. Also, this is the blaza Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. we live. That's Christopher Deary. I'm Michael Gauvier. Christopher Deary. C. Deary, 1999. Deary is not dearly beloved, as our old pal Yancey said many moons ago. Yancey, are you out there? Thinking of you, Yancey. Shout out to Yancey, <laughs> the mayor of fantasy baseball. Matthew Z says, is Bobachette Blue Jays being overvalued currently due to the new ball flight effects and player stats from playing home games in previous seasons in minor league stadium, So what essentially Matthew's saying here is that the Blue Jays benefited for playing in Dunedin last year and uh, the year before that, when they couldn't go back to Toronto because of COVID, they'd kind of been taking advantage of some parks that were more favorable to hitters. So I guess is Boba th- overvalued?
3: I mean, I guess what I'd like to know is how much more favorable are those minor league parks. It's not like you're playing in a high school park because, uh, you know, I've heard, some of the same talkers centered around uh, Vladimir Guerrero in the last couple of weeks and how he's not really living up to that first round value.
2: True. But I think the stats say that Dunedin was a definite bonus and benefit to the hitters. I don't have him in front of me, but I've read stuff in the past. And I'm just going to trust my gut on that one. The Dunedin was a place where offense thrived. And Toronto is a lineup where you would think they would dominate, but we're also until recently, in a very dormant offensive environment. Uh Bo Bichette's skills, though, are first-round skills. He can mm-hmm. hit for power. He can hit for average. He can get on base. He can steal bags. So that that's legit. I don't think that is overly hyped. But maybe Bo Bichette is slightly overrated because he's just not the player we thought he was. I, I think he is. But I, I don't really know what the challenge would be to that because he has shown that he could put up the numbers already. But again, that goes to Matthew's point. Did he do it because of the minor league stadiums they played in?
3: Yeah, I mean, most of the peripherals look almost exactly the same to last year. Hard hit percentage, barrel percentage, launch angle is actually up a little bit. So maybe there could be some you know, truth into that talk of that minor league park helping him out. I think if you extrapolate his numbers out over the season, he is striking out a little more than he did last year. Walk rate's right around the same. Average has dropped down 50 points, I think everybody in the league's batting average is so much further down than it should be. I imagine he should end up closer to a 275, 280. Um, but if you extrapolate these numbers out over a whole year, he's not going to get to 100 RBIs. He's not going to get to 100 runs. Maybe he gets to 20 steals. Uh, but he's also a guy similar to like a Trevor Story. I could see him having a two to three week stretch where he hits five or six home runs, You know, steals three or four bags, five or six bags, hits gets a bunch of RBIs. Toronto, you know, they're kind of middle of the road right now. They're not really crushing the ball like we had expected them to. The Red Sox are now right on their heels over there in the East. Obviously, the Yankees went off to a super huge start. I wouldn't worry too much about Bichette. I think he will turn it around. It's just whether or not he will give that first-round return value of where you draft him at the start of the season.
2: Bichette's... You're right, Deary. I mean, he's still crushing the ball hard. Everything you just said makes sense to me. I don't think... He should his expected he should be better than he is, and I'm going to trust that that's what's going on here. He's just catching some bad breaks, getting a little bit unlucky right now. And if he keeps doing what he's been doing, the opportunities are going to be there because I don't see anything where it's like, oh, oh, that's a that's a warning sign. Everything looks the same as last year. It's just a different park. Um, yeah, I mean, slightly less zone contact, but it's so minuscule it's not even worth mentioning. So all systems go. I I say if it's the park though. That's the thing. If he's the same player that he was last year and the park is the difference, the dimensions and the, the ball flight, then maybe that is the reason. And I think that's a really, really good point by Matthew. Something mm-hmm. to think about. Something to chew on as we keep looking at those Blue Jay players. He also says, Matthew says, does that make him more of a beneficial player in the Roto format versus head-to-head? Hmm. I guess... I'm trying to see the difference there. Because he's streaky? Because you want him, you want his overall compiled stats as we wait for him to get going? I guess, yeah, that's fair. Because in head-to-head, you need guys to play that week to help you win now. I understand having less streaky players in head-to-head is more beneficial because you don't want to be stuck with guys who are giving you zeros and offers in a week where you need to win every week. I think that's a good point as well. Matthew, you're on fire, my man. Damn. <laughs> Bravo applause for Matthew Z. Critical thinking at its finest from our Palazzo pals in the live chat. Well done, sir. Well done.
3: Looking at Bichette last year, he had one less home run on the road last year. He had 14 home runs on the road last year. Betted 286 on the road. Mm. So take that for what it's worth. He betted 311 at home with 15 home runs. 311?
2: I don't even know what they're saying in that song. That's all you do.
3: That's all you do when you sing a 311 song.
2: Matthew says, thanks for the answers. Back to work I go. Go back to your cubbyhole. Get in your cubby hole, Matthew, right now. Get in there. And don't you come out until 5 o'clock when the whistle blows. Uh, Deary, you were kind of rip it on yourself for of Podcast Invitational. But Glarf is a whole different story, my friend. Look at you. Yay!
1: This one's for Deary!
2: Way to go. Deary is in first overall in Glarf right now. That's the individual league of the overall Earth which is filled with 150 of the best fantasy players in the game. Seriously, or or at least the most popular and well-known. I'll say that. First place, Deary, 13th overall on Earth. How did you do
3: it? Well, I mean, it's my hitters. I mean, I drafted Trout and Judge and Devers as my three first hitters, and they've all been studs. And a guy like Jack Peterson, when you insert him into the lineup and he hits four home runs in a week and three in one day, that's huge. So my my hitting has been huge. Obviously, grabbing a guy like Justin Verlander, who was a top 10 guy uh, on my radar before the season was huge. We said that.
2: We said that all year, all preseason. You and I were like, dude, we know what this guy does. We watched it for 10-plus years. It doesn't matter how old he is. His mechanics never die.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So I I was confused when people were like, oh, yeah, I don't know if he's even a top 20 guy. I'm like, are you serious? Like, the pedigree of this guy is just unbelievable. Like, unless he can't throw... Over 85 miles per hour again, then he's not gonna be good. But he's he's been great this season. A guy like Tarek Scubel, our hometown guy, has been really good. I reached for someone like Patrick Sandoval. He's got an ERA under two, so he's been pretty good. Obviously, saves and stolen bases is where I'm really bottom of the league, but so that's probably not gonna win me the overall Earth Championship. But you know, if I can, you know move up a couple spots in those categories. That'd be okay if I could find some good fab leads over here in the next few weeks. But yeah, I'm super proud that I've, I've made it to uh, contention here and be in first place in Glarf.
2: Well, you got Joe Barlow and Camilo Duvall. So you got some closers. I mean,
3: yeah, they just haven't been able to get as many as I would have liked. They, I am near the
2: Barlow's been good though. Barlow's been stellar. That's great news. So don't even worry about that. He's got eight saves already. He'll get more. He's been lights out for the most part. And that's Joe, not Scott. Uh, you also picked up Martin Perez. I see you're riding that train, and you had him in your lineup this week. Good call.
3: Got to r- run that fab. Martin Perez, a Palazzo podcast favorite after the amazing championship win you got with him years ago.
2: <laughs> Many moons <laughs> ago. Five years ago, 2017. Never forget. So, yeah, Deary, great job, buddy. I'm proud of you. I'm in fifth place in Golar if I slipped. I was in first. I was number one overall, but this is why, I mean, don't even – don't even look at where you are in overall standings for a first month or so. It doesn't mean shit.
3: Don't yeah, mean you, shit. You said it two weeks ago when we did a pod or last week when you did a pod. When you are in first, you're like, yeah, I'm going to dip down. I'll be in like fifth place by uh, next two or three <laughs> weeks. And yeah, you're in fifth place now.
2: There it is. Uh, Ray Butler's in first overall still. He hasn't moved. And he looks really locked in as the favorite to win this thing this year, barring injury. Deary's in 13th, like I said. Great job, Deary. Proud of you. Representing Glarf. That's what matters most. And we got a lot more Glarfers overall in the top 30. Uh, Dave McDonald's one spot behind me. I'm 29th overall. Dave's 30th. Then we got John Fish, 23rd. Jenny Butler, 20th. Glarf has really turned it on after some early season fears. And like we were like, oh, man, Glarf is really stinking it up early on. But, you know, that's why you got to chill. It's a long-ass season. We haven't even hit June yet, people. We got a lifetime to go. So everybody chill to the next episode because there is nothing to fret. If things aren't looking good now... You'd want to be in first. It would be nice to be in first right now, but when you're doing roto, those stats compile and things change, and the other teams start getting cold, and then you catch up. It will happen. Just got to be patient, very, very patient. So there it is, uh, man. I'll tell you, I really, I really thought that we would be the best of all the ten <laughs> leagues in Earth. Yeah. So I'm still, I'm still thinking, Glarf will finish as the best league. Because we got too many talented players, but Absolutely. D- Doug Roth is in last of all the teams at 150th. He's our golfer. Doug, I-, I love you, Doug. No offense to you. I feel for you. Hang in there, my friend. Maybe you get out of the cellar sooner than later, but uh, that will hurt our standing overall. But hey, it's tough. It's really, really tough. Uh, yeah, you know, dearie, I was thinking we haven't played it in a couple weeks. Uh, would you be interested in playing a game? Would you like what is it in uh, War Games? Would you like, Would you play like to game? play
3: a game? <laughs> What's his name in that? What's Broderick's uh, Stephen name? Stephen Falcon.
2: Doctor Falcon.
3: No, Bro- Broderick's name in War Games. What's his name?
2: Oh, uh, he, said, he
3: says, "Would you like to play a game?" And then he says his name.
2: I thought he, no. He says Doctor Falcon's name. He doesn't know his name because he thinks he's talking to Doctor Stephen Falcon. Never Joshua is the computer name. Joshua. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, it doesn't matter what uh, Broderick's played. Anyways, War Games, great game from 1983. Great game? War Games? What am I saying? Where are we? It's a plausible podcast. That's where you are. Let's play Name That Runner on Fab Ben.
1: Hey! It's time
2: to play the most ridiculous and pointless game that is sweeping the nation. That's right. It's time for
1: Name That Runner Up <laughs> Alright, name
2: that runner off Abid. I'm gonna go first, dearie. I'm gonna start it off right away. Let's go to my main event last week. Brady Singer. Went for $84. Brady Singer is back. He looked really, mm-hmm. really good last week. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so excited about Brady Singer. I love Brady Singer. I always love Brady Singer. I wrote a song about Brady Singer last year called the Brady Singer Bunch. I love you, Brady Singer. You're a competitor. You're a bulldog on the mound. I can't wait to see you in action again real soon. $84 was the winning bid, Deary, for Brady Singer in the main event. That was my bid, actually, Deary. I won him Ooh. for $84. What Excellent. was the... Yeah, whoo. What was the runner up fab bid of $84 being the winning bid for Brady Singer?
3: I'm going to go with the winning bid for my TGFBI league,
2: which was $51. $51, which was the winning bid in TGFBI. Boy, I wish I could have paid that price. That would have been great. Donovan says, Those dance moves are so dope. I'll give all the uh, live chatters a second. If you guys want to throw in your answer, Brady Singer went for $84. What was the runner up fab bid on $84? Tune in next week to see for yourself. I will. I'll be here <laughs> next week. We'll we'll always be here. Maybe you won't. I'm confused now. Where are we? What's happening? All right, last call. The answer is. Oh, here we go. We got uh, 62 offered by Just Bob, who's a Yankees guy. You got a. Yan- hey, look, dear, we got a Yankees fan in the live chat. That's really rare. Welcome, Yankees fan. Even though we. Don't get along because we're Tigers people here. Uh we welcome you with open arms. We don't limit anybody. Uh sixty two bucks, says Just Bob. Then we got seventy four dollars from Donovan Miller. Deary said fifty one. Actual retail price on the name that wrote a Fab bit of eighty four dollars for Brady Singer in my main event league is seventy eight. What a that was close. Donovan with seventy four. I think you were the closest. Well done, Donovan. You're not in my main event league, are you? Are you cheating? Uh, Deary, <laughs> let's send it over to you now. Give me a name that runner up bid.
3: All right. Let's go with, uh, Tyler Naquin. Ooh. A guy who had a, an amazing just stretch run last year that helped push a lot of people over the top and get them into the playoffs in their head to head leagues or bump up a few spots in your Roto leagues. He went for $57 this past Sunday. What was the runner up bid for Tyler Naquin?
2: <sighs> $57 for Tyler Naquin. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I like money, though. Hmm.
2: Oh, Just says he's a Yankees fan, but a bigger baseball fan. Uh, There you go. See, you sound like a very uh, reasonable, easygoing Yankees fan. That's the kind of Yankees fan we like here, not the out-of-control, we're-going-to-kill-you-if-you-don't-hit-a-home-run Yankees fan. So, we appreciate that. Welcome to the show, Just Bob. Glad to have you here. Uh, Just Bob says, oh, Donovan Miller says eighteen. Okay. Just Bob says 31. What was the bid again
3: for Tyler 57. Naquin? 57.
2: 57. I'm going to say it was 52.
3: Oh, that was so close, Mike. 51.
2: Oh, damn. Shit, was so close? Son of a bitch. Damn. Wow. Yeah, you guys went low. Just Bob and Donovan, you guys a little low there. Tyler Naquin, was, he's heating up, and people want to get on that train. So that makes sense that he would at least be going for around 50 bucks. I'm not surprised to hear that. All right, let's do one more round of name that runner Fabbed, and we will get on with our lives. Let's head over to the tag team league, which is a league filled with co-owners. Two managers run each team. I run my team with the legend himself Eric Cross, the prospect Guru from Fan Tracks. And uh let's see, we did Brady Springer. Brady Springer?
3: Brady Springer.
2: George Singer? <laughs> Christopher, Christopher Morrill. How about Christopher Morrill of the Cubs? Ooh. He's come out of nowhere. Pretty Who the fuck is this? Yeah, okay, so Deary's been on his Pebble Beach retreat. <laughs> he, no, it's, you're being honest. We commend that yes. here. That's Yes, Deary is showing that, hey, we don't always know everything all the time, and that's a good thing, right? Oh. So Christopher Morrill was called up about 10 days ago, a week ago, and he came up from AA, and he's been hitting Deary. Oh, wow. He's like a utility guy. He's very short, and he's a very tiny Lightweight dude, but he's been hitting home runs, and they've been hitting him at leadoff the last few nights. So he's getting all the run, and he's playing well. These Cubs, the Cubs get so much out of these guys who just come up. Patrick Wisdoms, the Frank Schwindels, the Rafael Ortegas. Now it's Christopher Morel. It's amazing. So Morel went for $31 in the tag team lead. Hmm. Name that runner-up fat bid for Christopher Morrell. Would you say 31 30- 31 31 Bones. Oh, boom, man, boom, it's... boom, boom.
3: Tell me boom. what you got. Um, yeah. I like got, money, though. There's some good players in that league. Um,
2: yeah. Hmm. It's run by Matty Wood of FTN Fantasy. He was the original creator of this because him and his partner, uh, Matt Cuffordley, I believe, they've always co-managed. So
3: mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, let's
2: do a tag team league. Let's go 13. Deary's going with 13. The winning bid was $31. Just Bob says twenty-seven. Actual retail price in the tag team league for Christopher Morrill of the Cubs. Oh, Donovan sneaks in with twenty six. He underbid Just Bob by a dollar. That's sneaky. Very sneaky, Donovan. The actual answer was five dollars. Yeah. Five. It was very low for Christopher Morrill. The thirty one dollar bid was by uh oh, Zach Waxman and Mike Curlin. We know those guys. Shout out to both of those guys. Excellent fantasy baseball minds in their own right, so they overbid easily and they dropped Josh Winder in the process, who is on the IL now. So, okay, there it is. Made that runner, Fab. That was a fun round. Thanks for participating in the live chat. It's fun to get that kind of stuff going down. I appreciate that. Uh, we've had some injuries though, dearie, and man, it's really sad. I'm bummed out right now because Freddie Peralta. <laughs> Freddy Peralta's gone. Yeah, it sucks. And I don't think you could plan on having him be a part of this team or any of your squads for the rest of the year. I'm pulling the plug entirely. Craig Council said he would be out for a big chunk of time, a significant chunk of time. And shoulder injuries are, you know, look at Jack Flaherty. He hasn't played all year. I'm not I'm not expecting anything from Flaherty either. So why would I expect anything from Freddy Peralta right now? I would consider dropping him entirely in redraft leagues because if he does come back, they're going to want to use him for the playoffs because they have big time playoff aspirations already,
3: mm-hmm. yeah, significant time. That's like a three to four month stretch of where he'd even have an opportunity to come back. um obviously, he would he would need some time to ramp up before then. And if he if we do see him come back, uh, we may only see him a couple times at the end of the season, like you said, to ramp up for the playoffs. But it's unfortunate this guy was an absolute stud. Last year, He just started to pick it up here in the last few weeks. A high K guy um, on an amazing, you know, pitching staff over there in Milwaukee. And uh, it, it's frustrating to see that he's got some shoulder issues now.
2: Yeah, it's a big bummer. Totally bummed out by it. Uh, you know, I've lost Lazardo and Freddie Peralta on my main event staff, which has uh, been a big bummer. Oh, the price is wrong, bitch. Yeah, we should have that dropped out of it. And you're right. That's a good call. Can't believe we don't have that one. So... <laughs> Another injury I'm thinking about is Kyle Isbell went on the I.L. with an illness, apparently. Kyle Isbell had an opportunity because Edward Olivares already went on the I.L. Mm-hmm. with a quad injury for the Royals. Now, this is a guy I want to talk to you about. With Do these it. injuries in the outfield for Kansas City. You know, Some people are saying, hey, can we get uh, Vinny Pasquantino up? Can we get Nick Prado up? Right, But there's a guy already on the roster who I'm very curious about and I think should be getting more playing time with all these outfield injuries. And his name is Daron Blanco, D-A-I-R-O-N Blanco. Mr. Blanco is a guy who's 29 years old. He made his major league debut last week, but he's been around already. He's a seasoned guy. Like I said, he's going to be 30. He was a Cuban defector when he turned 23 years old. He left Cuba, came to the United States to play baseball, and he's got a lot of speed, okay? Mm-hmm. He's not a guy with a ton of power by any means. It's, you know, some modest power. He could hit 10 home runs if he needed to, but the speed here is stupid. I mean, in 2021, he had 41 steals. The guy can fly. And if you're looking for steals and if Blanco's going to get more playing time consistently, I think this is a nice fill-in here. Somebody who could help out and give you some steals. It's a shot yeah. it's a super deep shot, dearie. I admit that freely. But. No, but I
3: agree. I mean, speed is hard to find. He was, you know, amazing sprint speed all through the minors. Uh like you said, he had 41 back in 20 um 2021 and 19 over, you know, two, two different levels of baseball. He stole 33 um, you know, in in a little over 100 games. So He's probably going to get the opportunity more than them bringing up a Pasquantino or a Prado. Those guys are mainly first baseman. I'm sure they probably could put Prado in the outfield, uh, but Prado hasn't really been too, hasn't really been lighting anything on fire down there at AAA. Pasquantino has been amazing. I actually just scooped him up in one of my leagues to throw him in my NA spot. But uh, this is the guy that's already on the Rosto, roster and Blanco. Rosto. So he, Blanco is in the roster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's already he's already on the roster now. So, I mean, speculative look here, especially if you're looking for steals in a roto league. So it'd be interesting to see what type of uh, fab run he gets this upcoming Sunday. I don't think it's going to be anything too huge. So you might be able to scoop him up for a cheap price.
2: Yeah, this is probably deep. I mean, the minimum, the highest league, I would say, is 15 teamers. 15 teamers and deeper for Diron Blanco. He's got speed. If you're interested in getting steals, that's where you want to go. I'm very curious to see if he gets more playing time, though. Yeah, he did not... He's pinch hit a few times he played two days ago drove in two runs that game which is you know that's nice to see Uh, he just has a fair amount of whiff in his game still he's going to strike out which is what a shock a guy is going to strike out a lot in MLB these days I don't think anybody should be too surprised about that Donovan says he nabbed Blanco in a 30-team dynasty on the call up oh man did I miss my chance to get him in the player to be named
3: later Lee Deary he probably got picked up already Do you like this guy better than Brewer Hicklin? You see this guy's name? What a name. Brewer Hicklin. All right. I don't know much about Brewer Hicklin. Brewer Hicklin in 2021 had 40 steals. In 2019, 39 steals. 37 steals over two levels of baseball and 18. This guy's got some speed, too. And he's also put up double-digit home runs three times in the minors.
2: Wow. You're right. Yeah, at double A last year and 424 plate appearances, he had a 31% K rate. <laughs> but he did steal 40 bags there and then 11 more. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, this is another one. Kansas City's got a bunch of goofy, interesting, unique players that they can throw out there. Michael Taylor, though, is a guy who will play every day. The problem is you can't roster Michael Taylor. <laughs> no. <laughs> if he could if Michael Taylor stole more bags, it would actually make him more yeah. valuable, but he doesn't do that.
3: Yeah, I, I think when when Taylor came up, I think that was going to be the thing that everybody liked to have him on your team for is that he would steal a ton of ba- ton of bags. But it just it just hasn't happened over this, like what, eight or nine year career. Yeah. What was that?
2: <laughs> I don't know what that was. I heard that too. That's strange.
3: All right, so every players? every summer this will happen. Well, I'll be listening to, like, that uh, 90s uh, XM radio station, and that will come on, and I will put my windows down, and I will sing that fucking song, and people are staring at me like, Look at this bald old white guy singing Mark Morrison.
2: <laughs> That's good stuff. I Beautiful. like that. We all love Return of the Mac here. So... In Return of the Mac, we always try to provide you with uh, who's on the mend, who's coming back soon. I did a big injury write up on the Plaza Podcast Patreon. Follow it. Find it on the Plaza Podcast Twitter feed. It's right there pinned at the top. Two L's, two Z's. You saw. Give me two. Shane Baz of the Rays, pitching great in another rehab start. He's this much closer to coming back. He's eligible to come off the IL on June 6th, which is known as D-Day in the United States. Uh, June 6, 1944, the invasion of Normandy. But I'm going to call it Baz Day. June 6th should be renamed Shane Baz Day because hopefully, in fact, most likely, he will absolutely be back with the Major League Club and pitching for the Rays. And he looks good. There's no ill effects. Remember, he had a loose bodies, dearie. Classic <laughs> loose bodies in the elbow. So I think all systems are go here for Shane Baz. Get excited. I picked him up my main event two weeks ago. Utah, give me two. Utah. Two weeks ago, and I paid a very cheap price to get him because I wanted to get ahead of the curve. I got to hold a guy in my roster spot who doesn't do anything for me for almost a month, but I'm hoping it'll be worth it because of the damage I've accrued with the Lazardo and Peralta injuries already.
3: Yeah, if Baz is available, he's a must-add in uh, a majority of leagues.
2: There's no doubt about that. So I hope uh, he comes back soon. I I miss him. I want him (laughs) to be a part of things. And you know... By the way, we I don't think we've talked about this. I just want to say, since we're talking about the Rays real quick, Shane McClanahan has been yeah. incredible. He might, he's hes making a case to be the best pitcher in baseball right now. He's making that case right now, along with Corbin Burns and Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander and everybody else. He seriously is. He's killing it. I just wanted to make sure everyone knows that I know how amazing he's been. God, I wish I hadn't talked myself out of loving him in the preseason. That'll be a big regret. We all have these regrets, and we have to live with them. Uh, other guys on the men, that could be Adbert Azaleigh. Now, I don't know how close he is to returning because he still hasn't been cleared by the doctors. So, he's supposed to come back off the IL in June because he was on the 60-day IL. But he hasn't even th- he hasn't really been throwing as far as I've checked on the information and the research because he hasn't got cleared. So, Adbert Azaleigh has a killer slider for the Cubs. I would love to see him in action, and I had a lot of high hopes for him in 2022, but as each passing week goes by, I'm less and less motivated and I don't know how much we're going to get out of him this year. I really don't. Yeah.
3: Yeah. The hope was that this was going to be his breakout season. You know, we saw a little bit of him in 2020. Then last year came up, pitch 125 innings. Uh, ERA was a little over four and a half, but, uh, you know, this was hopefully going to be the breakout for him to get, you know, close to 200 innings and maybe bring that ERA down and, He'd be a good possible you know sp5 on a team so we'll see what, what type of run he has when he does you know come back i don't think he's an ad right away i think it's a wait and see and he's probably more of a streaming type guy in your, your daily lineup leagues
2: no doubt about it And then there's steven Strasberg, his first rehab start was solid he pitched about 94 95 on the gun and there were no issues We'd like to see him hope I want to see if he can get this up to ninety-seven again. I don't know if that's gonna be the case because he had thoracic outlet syndrome surgery, which some people it's been a it's been a devastator for. But other people like Chris Archer, they've come back from it. And I mean Chris Archer is not world beater, he's not great, he's not the Chris Archer we used to know. But Steven Strasburg is thirty three years old. He hasn't pitched much over the last couple of years, and I'm interested in acquiring him and he'll probably probably already going in some fab bids last week. If he's not still available and if he is available, this will be the week where he probably gets picked up again. I don't see him being available much more after this week and the fab run to come on Sunday.
3: Yeah. You just, you just got to wonder because that, you know, obviously the fastball has been going down ever since 2017. Now a lot of that is related to injury. Um, You just really want to know if this is going to be a guy who can be successful throwing 90, 91 miles per hour compared to what he used to be at the start of his career when he was throwing 95, 96. Can he still be a very effective pitcher? I think he has the pedigree to be. I mean, the guy's a World Series champion, was absolutely unbelievable in that run that the Nationals made to that World Series. I'm interested in leagues where there is a trick. There's the option to make trades if you have him and he comes off in the first couple starts and is really, really effective to try to trade him away to get some somebody who may be a little bit more reliable.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Uh Timmy wants to know any chance Giants can resurrect Matthew Boyd. He's still a month or so out. Uh yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. it's possible. Probably. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean I'm not that excited about it, but the way the Giants are able to do what they do with so many different players that seem like they're on the trash heap. i say it's worth a pickup, but deep leagues only. I wouldn't be picking them up in anything yeah. Yeah. less than a 15-teamer or deeper, probably.
3: Yeah. So, that's a good I call, though, he- Tim. Yeah. He 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 showed some promise with the Tigers. He had a few really high strikeout games, and then he just had these blow-up games that just inflated his ERA all the time. He was a guy that I really wish the Tigers would have traded away when he was having that really good season three years ago. And they're like, "No, we're going to hold on to him. We're building something here." And no.
2: <laughs> yep. Also, uh, Lazardo was supposed to come off the IL today, but obviously he hasn't hasn't thrown at all. I thought they said it was going to be fine. The first initial they. They totally bullshitted me, dearie. They fucking lied to me. I knew it. They're like, yeah, well, this reminds me of uh, my injury I had, but it was much less serious because he hurt his elbow in high school and he had Tommy John way back then. And he said, this felt nothing like that. But he still has I'm not thrown, and I'm starting to get worried now. I'm officially concerned. I wasn't concerned at the beginning, but, you know, that's just what they do. They try to be optimistic because everybody wants to be optimistic about things, but it's bullshit. It's total bullshit, so. That's the way it goes. That's the way it is.
3: Sorry, I'm right? sending a text. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Trying great. Get, I think we'll move where, on from that where then. Plans going here on Friday.
2: Uh, Mitch Haniger won't be back till July. That ankle injury rolled inward instead of outward. It's going to be a big problem. I wouldn't expect him back till around the All Star break. Uh, Jacob DeGrom's he's starting to make progress. You know, that's a fun guy to have. Clayton Kershaw's not making progress. It's going to be a while. He was still chilling in Dallas before he met up with the team for this Arizona series. Uh, Riley Green's been playing intra games, Deary. He's still trying to get back and get going. I think we're getting close to that. I think Riley mm-hmm. Green's a couple weeks out here because he's been playing in the intra-squad games. He's showing that he can hit, he can run, he can throw. So they need him very, very badly. I'm expecting him within the next two to three weeks.
3: Yeah, I, I think he's going to be moved up pretty quickly here in Detroit. Um, obviously, they need some type of offensive boost, a guy that can steal a few bags, got some power. I mean, he... Arguably had the best spring training for the Tigers. And the way it's looking in the outfield, I mean, Willie Castro has been playing left field for them and he's actually been okay. Castro's been a lot better this year than he was last year, but like Robbie Grossman has been just God awful. And also this is the last year of Robbie Grossman. So Riley Green is going to be your starting center fielder next year. I mean, Daz Cameron's been out there. I mean, Daz Cameron's just going to be a utility player. Derek Hill, great defensive player, but, like, he's not going to give you anything with the bat. So I think Riley Green comes back, and he's an immediate impact in your outfield.
2: Yeah, look, I wrote about this last night. Robbie Grossman is the antithesis of what makes me excited about baseball, nine times out of ten. But – They keep putting him every day, no matter how bad he's been, as a leadoff hitter. and So that means to me they will never pull him off the leadoff spot. So eventually he'll actually start playing a little bit better, and now he's turning into a value. A value. A value? Value? Value?
3: Verlander.
2: Verlander. Growthy. Growthy. He is actually now kind of something that could be useful to your squad because he can't play any worse. He'll play a little bit better. I'm I'm just stunned that they will not remove him from the leadoff spot. Why is AJ? I thought AJ Hinch was a very, very thoughtful, uh, intelligent, patient manager. Clearly he's too patient though, because he's never gotten Grossman out of that hole.
3: Who else are you going to put there in this lineup? That's the problem. I know. But
2: okay, fine. Yeah, you're right. you probably right about Jonathan that. It's Scope, fucking stupid.
3: Baez, Candelario. Maybe Willie Castro yep. is your only other option of a guy that could be a leadoff hitter. This is mm-hmm. how bad it is in Detroit.
2: Oh, it's hell. Yeah, it's, it's a real problem. Go Tigers. All right, so there it is. Uh, some players on the men return to the max style. All right, let's get to the... This is the segment we actually promoted the whole time. Deal or no deal? We finally got to it after an hour and 13 minutes. So... Let's talk trade scenarios and whether you would do these deals or not. We're starting first from a head-to-head categories perspective. Head-to-head cats. Head-to-head cats. So get that in your mind. Think from a head-to-head categories perspective only, and we'll go from there. Josh Rojas and Alec Bohm. So I'll, I'm going to be the rojas Bohm side. Dear you're Singer and Whitlock. So I want to okay. offer you Josh Rojas and Alec Bohm for Brady Singer and Garrett Whitlock. Would you do mm. this deal? Bo- rojas and Bohm. For Singer and Whitlock in a head-to-head Cats.
3: This is interesting. So, Josh Rojas, I, he's got a little bit of pop. I like the steals. He just came back to the lineup a couple of weeks ago. Alec Baum is having a career year for himself. I mean, it, it hasn't been blowing anybody out of the water, but he's, he's having a good year. He's batting second for the Phillies right now. Is he going to be able to hit 20 home runs? I don't know. Um, he just doesn't seem to have the, the highest launch angle, although it is the highest of his career, and he does hit the ball hard, but it tends to be on the ground or line drives um yeah and i'm giving you singer and whitlock so obviously uh, brady singer just came back he's had two starts uh seven innings and both starts it looks like nine k's in his first start uh what i really like that he's been doing is he's been using that slider a lot more 43 percent of the time through those two starts so that's really encouraging it's just is singer going to be able to be able to sustain this over the rest of the season whitlock is the wild card here because in his last six starts, he's only averaged four innings per start. It's like he – I know – I think they're trying to stretch him out to be a guy that can, you know, go later in the games. And it's just weird the way the Red Sox have been doing things because he has been kind of their best guy, but he's been their, been their swing man. Can they stretch him to seven innings? Um Possibly. And, and you know, back to Singer. Singer's also throwing a changeup, which is something that's new to his repertoire. So we'll see over the next that's few. That's the key. If he continues with that changeup, and that certainly, like you just said, is the key is that change up and that slider. If those things are effective, this guy becomes a really, really good option. I think I'm probably sticking with my side. I like the upside of Singer. I think Whitlock, if he can get to the opportunity to get six, seven innings underneath him. I think he's a quality pitcher. He was really, really good out of the bullpen last year. Mm-hmm. Alec Baum, I mean, that batting average is probably going to come down. I see him more of like a 245, 250 hitter. I don't think he's going to be able to put the ball out of the park enough. The steals with Rojas is intriguing. Can he give you 20, 25 steals? I don't think he can get that high. So I'm probably holding tight, and I'm not making this trade with you.
1: Hmm. Okay.
3: Hey, 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 what is going on
0: here?
2: Well, I'll tell you what's going on here, Mr. Belding. It's real simple. Josh Rojas can crush it and he can steal bags, and he can play at many different positions. So giving up Josh Rojas is something I really wouldn't be prepared to do unless in this scenario where we would assume I would need pitching. In head-to-head categories, though, I want to keep the hitting side, so I actually wouldn't do this deal. I would keep Rojas and Bohm because I want them on my side because I think I could stream hitters. Now, it's all league-dependent, and especially in head-to-head cats, I would always rather have the hitter, but you never know, and that's why making these scenarios up, We can only go so far because there's no actual context of what the standings are and what the needs are. That said, Brady Singer and the changeup are everything. The changeup is unlocking the next level here. He went down to work on the changeup. He threw it a fair amount of times in both starts. He's got to have confidence in that. And if he has confidence in that, we're talking about a guy who can lead that staff, be the best pitcher, even over Daniel Lynch, be the best staff on that Best pitcher on that Royal staff. and Garrett Whitlock is a guy. I really think he's going to go back to a closing role here. I don't think the starting thing is going as great as they would hope. There's been some growing pains. there was also some great starts mixed in, so I'm, I'm I, Whitlock belongs at the back end of the bullpen for this season. They're toying with him too much. I think they needed to be a little more consistent with him because they're going to start messing with him too much, and it can be difficult for certain pitchers to go back and forth. That's my take on that.
3: Yeah, I, I uh, wish they I didn't. T- yeah. I wish they didn't move him to that starting role. I wish they would have said, "Hey, screw this," because it's been a mess at the back end of our bullpen. And obviously, he's a guy who can be a little higher leverage guy and pitch the seventh and eighth. But like you've seen, what's happened in the ninth inning for the Red Sox. I mean, the Red Sox are starting to heat up now. Uh, maybe they want to keep him in this kind of swingman rotation where he's going to have about 120 to 130 innings. Um, but the reason I don't make this trade, if you would to offer it to me, is just the way I tend to play. Uh, if I have pitchers that are doing really, really well, I tend to hold on to them. Look at Kyle Wright at the start of the season. Um, He he was doing really, really well. And I had him, I drafted him really late. A couple other leagues, I picked him up and I'm like, you know, I, I don't want to release him right now because I'm not really getting something great in return. And if he continues to pitch, well, I'm going to love that value as the fact that I drafted him really late or I picked him up for nothing. And he's still been very serviceable over the last few starts. I mean, the other day he went, uh, I think he went six and two thirds, only gave up one hit and, or one run mm-hmm. and had five strikeouts. So he's still been very, very good. So if I had Brady Singer on my team, I'm going to see w- how, how far I can take this one.
2: Good call, Deary. Well said. We're live with the Plaza Podcast 2Ls2Zs here. Utah. Follow us on Twitter. Give me too. Find everything you need at the top of the feed. It's all pinned there. Christopher Deary, C Deary 1999, MJ Govier on Twitter. Next one is Javi Baez and Juan Yep. We just talked about Baez earlier in the show. The disaster he's been. Go tigers. Javi Baez and Juan Yepes, who is my hero. I love Juan Yepes. I wish I would have got more of him in some of my bigger money leagues. For Jorge Polanco and Connor Joe. So what you have here. Mm. is a guy who's really struggling and a guy who just came up and is kicking ass in Yepes for Polanco and Joe. Polanco has an injury issue here. He's been out the last three games, but he should come back tonight. And Connor Joe has hit leadoff every day for the Rockies all season long. Coors. Hasn't changed at all. And he's been very, very consistent. He's got over an 800 OPS and he hits about 280. What would you do here, dearie? Would you rather have the Javi Baez, Juan Yepes side or the Polanco...
3: Joe side. I want nothing to do with Javi Baez. I know you think he's going to turn it around, but I can't take that. The the frustration. I mean, this guy, 48% of his swings are out of the zone which is just absolutely awful. He's got three home runs. We talked about zero stolen bases. Um, You know, if you just match him up with Polanco, (laughs) who is also a shortstop on the other side, Polanco off to a very slow start, and then he got hurt. He's supposed to come back this weekend. But look at what he did last year. Last year he was off to a very, very slow start. He had an unbelievable second half, 21 home runs, 55 RBIs, bet at 287. His Ks are up right now, but his line drives are also up. He stings the ball when he gets, you know, a piece of it. And I'd also be giving up Connor Joe, which you said he's been extremely dependable leadoff hitter for the Rockies that are going to score some runs. Now he hasn't hit a home run in a month, but I don't think that's going to matter too much. The guy's going to score a ton of runs when you get CJ Crone betting, you know, a few bats behind him. He's got a great barrel rate high BABIP. And the guy absolutely kills right-handed pitching. And he's not a guy that swings and misses very good, very much. So that's going to attribute to a high batting average. I'm keeping Polanco and Joe here. I know yet. Yeah, uh, Juan Yepez is probably the, the gem of this trade. And, you know, just looking at the names, when you see Baez, you're like, Ooh, you know, with the way, uh, Yepes has been, be- uh, hitting for the Cardinals middle of the lineup in a lineup. That's been pretty damn good this year. I mean, Goldschmidt's been on fire lately. You might think, yes. Oh man, this, uh, this would be a really good one with Polanco not playing so well. Connor, Joe journeyman who just now is starting to get a run. But Baez is the part of this trade that I want nothing a, a part of. Like if you throw, almost any other shortstop that could give me possible five cat c- contribution. Maybe I think about it, but I'm holding on to Polanco and Joe here, just because I want nothing to do with Javi Baez.
2: Yeah, you make great points, dearie. Not a lot I can argue with there. Javi Baez, we'll get it going though. I know there's not a lot of optimism right now. You look at what he's doing and you say, wow, can't be any worse though. It's It's not much of an opinion when you say, well, he can't be any worse. <laughs> I mean, that's the best argument I can make for him. There's got to be some steals in this game at some point, but maybe in the part of the lineup he's hitting, A.J. Hinch doesn't want him to steal bags because he has only attempted zero stolen bases this year. He hasn't even attempted one. Zero. So if he's not even attempting bags and we're 35 games into his start as a Tiger, everyone doesn't like you. Everyone is pissed, Javi Baez. We're all against you right now. We're very sad. So please turn it around. Please. And that's all I can do is plead and beg. That's why I offer the Juan Yapez to try to, you
1: know,
2: tighten up this trade to make it more juicy on the other end, because otherwise, why would you trade Jorge Polanco Connor Joe? Jorge Polanco is, is a great hitter. He's in his prime. He's probably a he's a better player overall, I think, than Javi Baez, even though he doesn't steal as many bags as Baez could. But if Baez ain't stealing, then he's not the same guy that you thought you were getting in the first place. I think Bias still gets it going eventually. But if the steals aren't there, it's a waste of time. A big, big waste of time. Which my main event team can attest to because I'm dead last in steals. And he's one of the main reasons for that really I don't think
3: I don't think Polanco is really going to hurt you in a ton of categories he should be able to put up an okay average you know he's going to give you a few steals here and there uh Baez is going to have these streaks where he just strikes out a ton and we said the same thing about Baez last year and if I have to say it twice in consecutive seasons it can't get any worse than this I don't want you on my roster
2: (laughs) yeah stick with the guy from Colorado Connor Joe who was just so fun so fun to root this right here is a silver
1: bullet all the way from Colorado
2: all right, uh, let's go to head-to-head points. So we just did head-to-head cats. Now we're doing head-to-head points. I remember points leagues, pitchers get a lot more value because they get points for innings pitched, and that's big. So what would you do in a head-to-head points league if you were offered Ronzi Contreras and Steven Strasburg for your Teoscar Hernandez? So let's assume a standard points-based model here. Ronzi and Stras for Teoscar. What do you think, <sighs> dearie? Because I think in pitching being more yeah. valuable in points leagues, Ronzi and Strasburg... Are there still not like guarantees though? And Teoscar Hernandez can steal bases. You get points for that. The home runs and power are huge in points leagues. And I don't think I want to bail on that. I think I would, I would hold firm if I was the Teoscar side on this and I would not acquire Ronzi and Strauss because Strauss is too much of a wild card. He could pitch next outing in his rehab and it could be over.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It's two pitchers for one, you know, hitter who can be elite, especially with that power, but also, like, how many innings are you getting from Contreras the rest of the season? I don't see him ever getting to six, seven innings. Um, you know, he's five innings in his last last outing. Uh, you know, it's going to be a limit of maybe 100 innings pitched here. Uh, I think he's here to stay as well. He's got really great off-speed stuff to go along with 96-mile-per-hour fastball. Strasburg, I just don't know what you're going to get from him. There, there could be a chance that he comes back and he gets back on the d- – back on the IL and then you're giving up a, a guy who hit over 30 home runs last year. And I'm just looking mm-hmm. at his splits from last year, you know, cause we had brought up, you know, playing in the minor league park last year. Oscar hit 32 home runs last year. 20 of them were on the road last year. He was better on the road, batted 3.17 on the road last year at six stolen bases at, at away from the park, 12 overall on the season. He hasn't gotten it going yet. You know, his barrels are down, hard hit rate is down, launch angles, way down, but it was kind of like that for everybody through the first month and a half of the season. We've seen what's happened in the league over the last couple of weeks is guys are starting to heat up. Those averages are starting to climb. And Teoscar's back in the lineup. I think the Blue Jays lineup starts getting going, and I think Teoscar's going to be a big part of that.
2: Yeah, well said. Well said. Uh, let me throw one more rando points league head-to-head trade offer at you. What if I was to offer you... De- no, <laughs> I can't do that. No, never mind. Uh, Brandon Marsh... And Christian Walker, okay, for Frankie Montas, Brandon Ooh. Marsh and Christian Walker for Frankie Montas in a head-to-head points league. So, and like, I, Mar- I, 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 go ahead. Well, Marsh and Walker is all home runs, but his yeah. average should actually be a lot higher. His expected average is like eighty points higher than his one ninety-five average coming into mm-hmm. today. So. He can hit for a better average, but he's all power. Christian Walker hits for power. That's what he does. He's going to hit 30 home runs this year. I'm very confident of that. And Brandon Marsh is one of the better hitters in baseball this season with runners in scoring position. He's hit like Ooh. 390 with Rispy, which is great.
3: So there we go. We're talking about Rispy again.
2: Yeah. Hey, gonna, we got to start pushing Rispy on the show. But Marsh and Walker for Frankie Montas, who got hit on the hand, had to leave starts two, two starts ago. But in between those... Sandwiched in the middle, on the outside, the pieces of bread are two double-digit strikeout outings of dominance. Mm-hmm. I
3: think I think I'm making this trade. I think I'm I I, I think I want Montas on my team here. Um, I think Montas probably gets traded at some point in the season. He's been really good when he when he has been healthy. I think he's going to probably move on to another team. Uh, his ERA is looking really good. Nice strikeout rate over ten per nine um brandon marsh if you look deeper into this sure he's betting 280 he's got a few steals 25 rbis looks nice he's got a 393 BABIP right now he's got no, a k rate what that's ahead. that's his thing look
2: at this look at the career BABIPs. he just is a high BABIP dude he's a he's a unique guy in that because i was looking at that the other night i was like oh my god that's yeah. too high but it's what he does
3: yeah it's it's very odd he strikes out 31 percent of the time struck out 35 percent of the time last year um We'll see if he hangs on to a spot in that lineup for the whole season. I mean, right now he's he's doing good. He's been serviceable. I got him in a few leagues, but I could see him going on a streak of two to three weeks where he just doesn't do anything. And maybe he he gets sat down. Maybe Joe Adele comes back up. Maybe you get another prospect coming up for the angels. And maybe Marsh just isn't playing every day. I mean, right now it looks like a good trade. If you do get a Brandon Marsh and you get, you know, Christian Walker who you said, you know, you're going to get power from him. But I really like Frankie Montas.
2: Yeah. Well, everybody in the chat agrees with you. Everyone's going pro montage. Patrick Ryan's here. What's up, Patty? You're my man. A little shout out to Patrick here, who uh, is part of the Molson Triple X League. Every year we do their draft recap podcast. It's a lot of fun. I Met him in Vegas, too, in real life. So it's always fun when I get to meet real Palazzo people in real life. Trey Turner for Framber and Sandoval in head-to-head points. What do you think of this, dearie? Trey Turner for Framber and Sandoval in head-to-head
3: points. Wow. I wonder if you could get more than this. I love Patrick Sandoval. I think he's he's been really really good this year. I, I think there there may be some some bumps in the road later on, but he's been excellent so far. He's doing a great job. Uh, you know, keeping guys on base. Uh, walks can be an issue with him. Um, Trey Turner, obviously, you got the opportunity of 40 bags. He's he's on pace for 40 right now. Um, and then Framber, who's been good as well. Uh, this is interesting. I wonder if you could maybe get a couple more proven guys than a Framber or Sandoval who are two younger mm. guys. I would probably not make this trade. Uh, but if I was looking to get rid of Trey Turner, uh, this seems like a trade that maybe you know might work out. Or maybe you try to get someone else who's a little more proven than a Patrick Sandoval.
2: One thing you got to remember, points leagues, innings pitched are points, and pitchers have more value than hitters. Trey Turner's, depending on the point setup, his value takes a hit. And I know in Patrick's league, which is a head-to-head points league, he's even less valuable with Framber and Sandoval being more valuable because of the way the points system is set. Again, that's everything. Uh, All right, let's do one more here, and then we're done. Roto, let's go to Roto. (laughs) Roto. Roto. So now we're in the Roto guys, put your Roto caps on everybody, rotate to the Roto situations and think accordingly. Mackenzie Gore for Jose Barrios. Is this ridiculous? Mackenzie Gore for
3: Jose Barrios. Is this as ridiculous as it seems, or is it not? No, I don't think, I don't think it's that ridiculous at all. I mean, Barrios has been a mess. Now the, the one thing I will say with Barrios, so his K's are down. That's, that's been a big mess. He's only getting like, like six per nine. Um, but looking deeper in his numbers, like his ERA is garbage, but he's had three blow-up starts, including his first start of the season where he only went a third of an inning and gave up four four runs. Um, or oh, gave up four runs in that third of an inning. Um, the biggest issue with Barrios this year is his fastball just isn't getting anybody out. He's not he's not getting swings and misses with the fastball. I've always liked his slider that he has, but that hard hit rate and the barrel rate has climbed a ton. He's starting to turn around. He had a night... His last two starts were pretty decent. I think he's a guy who gets to double-digit wins. But Mackenzie Gore has been absolutely electric. And what's amazing about Mackenzie Gore is he's basically doing this off of his fastball that he's throwing 61% of the time. And if Mm. he can be that effective at the major league level with just your fastball, as soon as you can start harnessing that off-speed stuff, you become a top-tier pitcher right away. The big question with Gore is the Padres are going to be in this playoff race down the end. They're probably going to keep with a six-man six rotation most of the season. I don't know how many innings we're going to end up getting from him because they're going to want him for that stretch run. But I don't think this is that crazy of an idea if you want to get rid of Burrios and get Gore. Clevenger's out, though. So this is great news for him. Back on the aisle with a tricep strain.
2: Clevenger cannot be trusted. So no, no, it's pretty much an open door for Gore to pitch all season now. And... Mm-hmm. They like him more than Nick Martinez. I think he would get the opportunity. And even if Gore went back to the piggybacking, which he did very temporarily, piggybacking for Clevenger actually, and pitching well and getting victories that way, I, I think I got to go Gore all day. Even though the NL West is a brutal division with the Giants and the Dodgers and the you know the Rockies of course, and you have to play in Coors. Coors. But and even the, the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks have been really feisty. I said this on Twitter like a month ago. I was like. This team's gonna be much better this year, and people kind of jumped down my throat, but the Diamondbacks are showing you they they got some talent on that squad. So Barrios, by the way, dearie, Happy birthday, Jose Barrios! It's his birthday today, dear. I
3: didn't even know that. All right. it total-
2: it's so rare that you go to the fan tracks page and it says <laughs> it says twenty-eight Y. No days, no months. This is his birthday. Oh, wow. So happy birthday, happy birthday, Jose. Yeah. We're not trying to rain on the parade, Jose. But that his K per nine is so far down right now, and the walks up a tad. The home runs are climbing. The BABIP has to come down a bit too. A three eighteen BABIP. I don't. I don't know. Maybe this is a bad fit. Maybe it's a bad year. But you know, if he can make some adjustments, because his FIP is slightly lower than his ERA. He had a four five three FIP to a four seven five ERA. Uh, and like you said, that that fastball stuff is an issue. So I don't. I think I would actually do this trade. I think Gore had been been waiting for him to become the man that he is now, and now we're starting to see it, and the pathway is open. I would do Gore. I think I would take Gore over Barrios, and I'd rather get out of that situation entirely. I think I really would. And this is coming from somebody who always enjoyed Barrios. I really did.
3: Yeah, so. yeah. As, I mean, I probably have Barrios more than any other player in terms of pitchers with, with shares and all, across all of my leagues and with Clevenger getting hurt. I mean, they'll still probably go six man over there because they still have Nick Martinez, yeah. but obviously Blake Snell has had arm issues in the past. Darvish has seen stints on the DL and he's also almost 36 years old now. Um, you know, Musgrove and Manaya my- had both been pretty good for them this year, but I mean, Gore's not going anywhere. It's not like they're going to send him back down considering he came up and oh. he's been really, really good.
2: I think he's here to stay now. He really is. He, he made it through that, Trial period earlier in the year where like, well, I mean, we're still early in the season, but even in April, it's like, ah, oh, how long will he stick around? I think he's here for good. All right, last trade, and we're out of here. CJ Crone and Austin Riley. Ooh, that's two nice players to get for Randy Rosarina and Liam Hendricks. Remember, this is Roto, Holy so shit. you want to trade Crone and Riley, two Studley hitters, for Rosarina, who's stealing a lot of bags this year, and Hendricks. You're looking to get saves and steals by acquiring Rosarina and Hendricks. What would you do here, Deary?
3: I mean, obviously, a, a lot depends on what your roster looks like and what you're trying to catch up on. Um, I mean, with Crone and Riley, that's plus 60 home runs right there. I mean, C.J. Crone has been amazing, you know, unbelievable up this year. I, I think it's, he's batting over 300 right now. I think that average will drop, but this guy's going to hit 40 to 45 home runs. Um, Austin Riley... You know, he batted over 300 last year. That's not going to happen again. But those counting stats are going to be good. He's going to have a decent amount of home runs. He's going to have a lot of RBIs in that lineup with Acuna back. And if they can all stay healthy. Um, Problem this year with Riley is he's having a real hard time with the fastball. Maybe he needs to go up against Jose Barrios some more. Um, But that average last year was an outlier. But I like those two guys as a combo because you're going to get a lot of power and a lot of RBIs right there. And then with the Rosarita, I mean, he's been okay. He, he, he's probably gonna go 2020 again. Um, he's got seven stolen bases right now, so that tracks close to 30. Um, he's you know, about 255 to 260. I, I'd like to see better run opportunities and more RBI chances for him. Uh Liam Hendricks, don't look at that ERA for Hendricks right now. Um, he's his walks are up right now. Uh, but look at his FIP and his xFIP. they're a lot lower than what it is. He's he's gonna have a ton of saves. The guy's gonna have 40 plus saves if he can stay healthy um and he's problem is he's just no no, too many no, guys no, on no, base. no
1: no 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 been, no
3: but he's been able to get out of it uh, there's been so many times where he's come into close he even went eighth and ninth inning the other day where he, he'll strike out two to three guys so he's the strikeouts are going to be there the saves are going to be there this is a pretty even trade but I'm probably leaning towards the two hitters in this one with Crone and Riley
1: tours
2: yeah, I hear you. You know, this is a interesting one, a fascinating choice, because I love Rosarina still, and I'm still expecting the power to get going. The steals have been there, which has been great. Big help. And that launch angle was really, really in the toilet to start the year. Starting to get a little bit better. He's starting to hit the ball more in the air. And as soon as he can make that a consistent part of his game, he should be back to the player that we know him as. But Krohn is killing it, man. He's just crushing the ball in Coors. Coors. And it's not going to change. Austin Riley, last year, wasn't a fluke. He was a talented guy, always was. So I would rather have the Crone-Riley side of this. And as somebody said here in the chat, it would be very dependent on the standings. That's what Donovan says right cool. here, standings dependent, right. So, Well said, well said, good stuff. Well, hey, that's it. We're done. We've done a show. The Friday edition of the Palazzo Podcast. Don't forget that you can follow us on Twitter. That's where all the action starts. Two L's, two Z's. Utah. boop, boop, give me two. Follow Chris Deere on Twitter, cdeery1999. deary is in Dearly Beloved. And I'm at MJ Govier, G-O V is Victor IER on Twitter. Uh, the Discord is huge, guys. When we're not doing the show, it's basically a living, breathing example of the show in action. So if you're like, oh, I wish the plausible podcast was live right now so we could talk baseball, all you gotta do is come to the Discord. It's offering everything that you would get on the show. Videos, chats about everything. You want to talk, you want to do a Russell Crowe chat? We have a Russell Crowe channel. We have it all. There's nothing we can't offer you in the Discord. It's all free. It's a lot of fun. And if you really like what we do and you want to support us, you could give us a shout on the Patreon, which you can find at the top of the Twitter feed. All right, Daria, you got big plans for Memorial Day
3: weekend here? You going to barbecue or something? Uh, I don't know what we're doing. I got to actually do a bunch of work from home this weekend. We might go on our buddy's boat on Monday. Um, I usually oh. golf on the Sunday before. Um, and I'm actually excited because my... Golf clubs just showed up while we were doing this, uh, this pod, the doorbell rang and my golf clubs are here. I had to get them shipped back out from California. So maybe I hit the links on Sunday, but I also have a ton of work to do. So we haven't really, you, planned, we haven't, you're planned dying on yet. your
2: head. dying. You can't golf. You need a break, man.
3: Yeah, I'm dying, but I can walk. I just can't run. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I walked 36. I walk I walked Spanish Bay. I walked Pebble and then we rode the last day we were there
2: ah okay you should yeah, see about, the back yeah.
3: of, you should see the back of my knee it's just black and blue
2: <laughs> it really is black and blue that yeah. happens yep. wow i've never i've never had a pull like that or a strain where it was yeah. actually black and blue on the outside yep. wow oh you missed a total meltdown in softball monday night too a total fucking disaster ensued at the end the game ended a tie video. <laughs> yeah this guy lost his shit it was so stupid
3: God, so Fucking dumb. D-League wreck softball. People are losing their shit.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just for fun. What's wrong? So, so many people are so angry out there. If you're angry dumb. out there, remember, find someone to vent You connect with. If you want to hit me up, I'm happy to talk to you. I'd like to try to be of service if I can. But that's it. So enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your holiday. Enjoy your time off. Enjoy the time with family, friends. If you're just going to treat it like any other day, that's fine, too. We want you guys to make the best of it. We wish you all a wonderful holiday weekend in the United States of America. And if you're not from here and you live elsewhere, well, enjoy your time wherever you may be. For Christopher Deere, I'm Michael Gauvier. Let's send it over to Russell Crowe.
1: Right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. (laughs) And we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side.
3: (laughs) Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app.